What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly sports history for February 2nd, 2023. Happy Groundhog's Day to all of those who celebrate. Hopefully, Phil up there in Punxsutawney will not see his shadow today, and spring will be right around the corner. It's uh, it's going to be cold here this weekend in the southeastern area of Pennsylvania, so hopefully it's warm where you are, but Today, we're going to continue our look at key figures, moments, and teams in Philly Black history, Philly sports black history, I should say. Today, we're going to talk about Ralph Goldston. He was the first black player to play for the Eagles. He was drafted in the 11th round in 1952, number 125 overall out of Youngtown State. He is a running back slash defensive back, so back then they still played uh, both sides of the ball. Uh, and obviously, just like most black players for any sports or anywhere at the time, suffered a lot of slurs thrown at him in Philly by the fans, uh, his teammates, um, just in general. And he always wanted to be a professional football player. So the fact that he was able to get into the NFL was like a huge deal for him. And he definitely was fulfilling his dream. But afterwards, he wanted to get into coaching and unfortunately, he was often passed over for coaching jobs for more or less qualified white candidates, which again was symbolic of the time back then. While he did play for the Eagles, um, he had little margin for error because obviously the stakes were higher for black players. You could not make a mistake without fear of being benched or obviously hearing some more of those slurs, even to the point where violence was, was threatened a lot. Um, he was still during that time where he had to stay at different hotels than some of his teammates. I think there was like two black players on the team, um, later in his uh, career, but he did play four years with the Eagles, uh, ran, had 223 yards total from scrimmage and three touchdowns. He did go on afterwards to play up in Canada where he had a lot more success. Uh, he won two gray cups. He was a four time all-star up there. Uh, as I mentioned, he, he was trying to get head coaching positions, but he had to settle for being an assistant coach at uh, on the college level, Colorado and Harvard. He was an assistant for the Chicago Bears, um, the Alouettes in the Canadian Football League, and he did coach for a year in the World Football League. Not the World Football League from the 90s, but there was uh, an incarnation back in the 70s. Uh, he did have some success as a scout for the Seahawks. Um, but he did help pave the way for a lot of black players on the Eagles as well as the NFL being one of those uh, initial uh, – well, the NFL was different, I guess, because they had uh, – there was like four or five black players led by Fritz Pollard back in the 20s. And then as they started to retire and get into other endeavors, there there was just this moratorium, I guess, on black players until after World War II. Uh, so – Ralph Goldston definitely helped pave the way for black players in Philadelphia as well as the NFL. Um, so again, my mission this month is to, to get some of these names out there that you may not know and, and celebrate them for, for their contributions and their legacies because they deserve to be celebrated. So today we shout out Ralph Goldston, who was the first black player for the Eagles uh, and enjoyed some success up in the Canadian Football League. All right. Our daily Eagles update. We have a couple. Uh, obviously, the big story has been all week the Kelsey brothers, and to me, it's the it's hard to believe that this is the first time that 
two brothers have played against each other in the Super Bowl. We know the Harbaugh's coached against each other, but in the long history of the Super Bowl, it's hard to believe this is the first time. Um, and we were talking, I have a text chain with a couple of my buddies, and we were saying it's just very rare and odd that not only are there two brothers playing, but they're both Pro Bowl and arguably right now the best at their position in the NFL. So something interesting, uh, their mom was on the Today Show yesterday. It was pretty funny. Like She was telling some stories about them. And when they asked her who she was rooting for, she was like, the offense, which was I thought was the great, just a great answer since they're both on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Sixers got their revenge last night on the Magic 105-94. Uh, just a very just solid workmanlike effort from Joe and James, and that was a good good bounce back for them. They take on the Spurs tomorrow night, um, but today we're going back to February second, two thousand twenty-two or two thousand and two. Lots of twos in there, um, and this was the night that Bernard Hopkins beat Carl Daniels um, when Daniels refused to come out of his corner for the the tenth round. And it was Bernard's 15th consecutive title defense at the middleweight division, which set the record for most uh, most consecutive title defenses. Uh, it was fought at the Sovereign Center in Reading, which is now the, Santa, the Santander Arena. And I remember I was actually at this fight. It was the only time I've ever been to a boxing match. And it's probably hands down one of my favorite sports to watch live just because of the action. I had some pretty decent seats there. Um but it was supposed to be fought in Philly. They wanted to. HBO was doing a dual uh, double header where it was main event where it was Bernard Hopkins and Roy Jones because they were trying to pump up a possible fight between those two. Excuse me, and I'll get more on that. But all of the the places in Philly were were booked that night. I guess uh, at the time it was the Spectrum and the Wells Fargo Center, and I don't think the Blue Horizon would have been quite big enough for, for a fight or if it could have even handled the capacity for, like, an a HBO main event. But, so I guess the closest arena they could do was up in Reading, but it was pretty cool. It's an 8,000-seat arena, and um, so it means you were pretty close to um, to the action. But um, the, the big thing, like I said, it was obviously that he set the record for most middleweight title defenses, but everybody was trying to pump up this Roy Jones fight. And at the time, it would have been the hottest, biggest ticket. Like this is still sort of before UFC had really taken off that much. And boxing was still big. Like I was a huge boxing fan. I have a couple of boxing things coming up on the horizon. But everybody wanted to see this fight because they had fought first in 1993. Um Roy Jones had beaten uh, Bernard Hopkins, and he was just a different fighter. Like he had grown as a man, grown as a fighter, and like he became one of the best in the world at this time. And everybody went to see it, but for Roy Jones, it was all about money. He they couldn't agree on the split. Um, some people said that Roy Jones wanted an eighty twenty split. Uh, he was publicly saying 60-40 because it was pretty. It was, you saw the interview after the end of the fight. They had Bernard Hopkins. And Roy Jones, like, talking to each other on HBO and arguing. Roy Jones was just talking over. Like, typical boxing uh, press conference things. But it would have been a great fight if they could have just agreed on that money. Because at the time, Hopkins was 41-2. and 
with 30 KOs. Roy Jones was 46 and one with 37 KOs. His only loss at that time was that questionable. Um, he had like a questionable disqualification where he thought the guy wasn't down and whatever it was, but. Um, it, it just was a missed opportunity, and obviously they would end up fighting seven years later in a fight that at that time, seven years later, nobody wanted to see. Uh, Hopkins, it was a boring, boring fight. Hopkins won by decision. I think it was a unanimous decision at that point, too. And, and it's just a shame that the egos got in the way. Or, and I shouldn't say egos. It was Rory Jones' ego. This is a Philly podcast. Bernard Hopkins is a Philly fighter. Rory Jones was a dick in this in this whole predicament because he was scared. But that's a we won't get into that. But on this day, back in 2002, Bernard Hopkins beat Carl Daniels for his 15th consecutive middleweight title defense. Um Hopefully, the HBO was hoping to set up that, that Roy Jones fight, but uh, we didn't get to see it until seven years later when both fighters were completely washed up. But it is what it is. Uh, I will have more on Bernard Hopkins as the year goes on, um, just different fights here and there, because he did have a lot of big fights in his career. Uh, big Philly guy. Um, also, shout out to Ralph Golson, the first black NFL player for the Eagles. Like I said, we want to make sure we're keeping his legacy alive and getting his name out there and educating you on what he was able to do. Big win for the Sixers. Go have yourselves a Thursday. Until next time, don't drive angry. <laughs>